of Romans chapter 4. Well, let's go back to Romans chapter 3 and look at verse 27. And then we'll prelude and go to, uh, to those verses of Scripture because the latter part of verse of Romans chapter 3 and verse 27, it talks about, <clears throat> you know, about boasting. Where is boasting? And he'll put it up there in just a moment. But again, let's bring you up to, to where we are. We've been talking about the subject on righteousness. Everything that we're going to be doing from September of 23 of this year to September of 24 of the year coming in, it's going to be dealing, we're going to be dealing with the subject of righteousness. So we're going to be talking about the righteousness about faith. In every which way that righteousness can be expressed, we're going to be teaching on it. Because righteousness is the trump card to God's nature, to God's character. Because notice this, you have his righteousness. You don't have, you don't have anybody else's righteousness. You don't, have, you don't have a pastor's righteousness. You don't have the banker's righteousness. You don't have nobody's righteousness. Nobody has a righteousness that will put you in good standings with God. I mean, understand what I just said. You're only in right standing with God through Christ. That means because we all have to have a Savior. Without a Savior, you and I are not righteous. Amen? Glory to God. So we are righteous because we have received God's atoning sacrifice for my sin. So I have declared, so I am classified as being righteous. Okay, here we go. So he said, where is boasting? Paul excludes that it is excluded. By what law? Of works? Paul said, no. But by the law of faith. It is not. The reason why I said not of works, because works mean something you must do to qualify for it. When it's of works, Work is simply me as something I did, something that's owed to me, something I've earned when it's of works. Paul said, there is, he said, there we conclude that a man is not what? Justified by faith. I mean, that a man is justified by faith without the deed of the law. Now go back to verse, go back to that uh, verse 27 for a minute. When he said, it, where is boasting then? And Paul said, it is excluded. And he said, by what law? It doesn't mean that we don't live by a law. It simply means, by what law now? That's important that you understand that. Well, electricity is a law, right? Of how it works. Is that right? You have a positive a hot and a neutral. And you have a ground. Okay? It's a law when you connect that hot with that positive side and that neutral with that side of the neutral. It works every time. It's a law. Gravity is a law. You can't do away with it. 
We're not doing away with the law. We're doing away with the law of works. Okay? Why? Because it is not by, that's what the whole argument that Paul was making with the church of Rome. It's not by the works of righteousness which you have done. Let's put this up for a moment, show you this, come right back. Go to Titus chapter 3, look at verse 5. Where it says, not of works of righteousness, not by works of righteousness which we have done, which we have done, not of what? Come on, talk to me, class. Not by what? Works of righteousness. Works of righteousness. Not by works, not by works, the church world is still trying to do or please God by works. Hmm? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, meaning not giving to us what we rightly deserve. And God's mercy is new every day. We don't have a carryover mercy. We have a fresh new mercy that works every day. We get to, we get to function in new mercies every day. Lamentations 3.22. Hmm? Notice this. But according to his mercy, he saved us. He saved according to his mercy, according to his loving kindness. That's what that mercy, according to his loving kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Everything about this grace, everything about this righteousness, it is based because God so loved the world. Is that what John 3.16, all of us learned? I don't care whether you're in catechism, baptism, whatever ism you was in, we all learned John 3.16, right? Amen. I mean, we, I know it so well, we learned John 3.16 just to get that candy cane. <laughs> and the apple and the orange. Oh, for Christmas, you understand that? So notice it. It said, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. It didn't say on a condition. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave. You didn't give dot, zada, zero, with the rim knocked off. You gave nothing. Nothing is required of you. Oh, about to make a statement that your, your religious eyebrows won't go. Nothing is required of you now. So don't send me no ugly note because I'm not going to read them. I've learned. They mess with your head. Mm, got you thinking, isn't it? No. This this salvation, this righteousness that you and I are enjoying or should be enjoying, it, has, it is God's righteousness. What do you think you could do to earn it? 
to, 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 to be okay with it. We're not talking about, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I went and helped somebody, you know, rebuild their house. He said, well, that's a righteous brother. That's a good brother. Well, why, why am I righteous and good? Because I helped him build his house. See, it's based on some type of merits. What God did has no merits at all. He didn't do it. He didn't do it with any merits at all. God did it because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. That whosoever believe it shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. The word eternal life is you will have zoe. The God kind of life. That's what you got living on the inside of you right now. The God kind of life. You don't have, you don't have a saint life. You don't have a saint Christopher life. You don't have a saint Peter life. You don't have a, a saint whatever. You got the God kind of life. You don't have to pray to no one. You don't have to go through no one. You got the God kind of life. Hmm? Being a Baptist boy, before you had to do anything, you had to go through them brothers. I mean, go through them them, them deacons or them, them mothers of the church. Boy, them some mean folks, boy. They look good on the outside. They, I mean, you can't tell them they ain't clean with their little white, white gown with white, whatever they got on and that little thing around their head. You better not tell them they ain't clean. Them things will cuss you out in a minute, boy. I'm telling you what I know. I grew up with that. You understand what I'm saying? No. Your salvation is not based on nothing but the cross. Okay? So when he said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he what? He saved us. And it's not just us who have acknowledged him as Savior. The world is saved, but they have not acknowledged him as Savior. There's no more to be done for them. The only difference between us and the world, we have received him. We received the Savior. And therefore, because we received the Savior, we received God's right standing. So don't ever think, don't ever think that you're so much more than the lost man. Because you're not. The only difference between us and the lost man, we received the Savior. We still lie. Oh, look at you guy all quiet. Yeah, you lie. You see, we still lie. <laughs> we still cuss every now and then. Not all of us, but some you still do. 
Had a guy out there say, excuse me, Reverend, but that, that just came out. <laughs> I said, I'm good. You ain't got to excuse me. I'm a man. I might not cuss, but I might do something else. Right? None of us as humans excuse for nothing. So don't you ever think that your flesh, what that is, I say, your flesh may be, come and help me, USA what? USDA. You may have some of that good, you know, USDA uh, Angus flesh. And mine may be just some old generic flesh. Who cares? If you got USDA and I got generic, it's still flesh. It still stinks before God. It's still unacceptable. Your flesh may be a little bit better than mine, but all of our flesh going to end up in the same place. Your faith is in a Savior. Hmm? Yeah. So when you start thinking that you are, li- you are more than the next... Fa- no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. The only difference between you and that wino or that homonger or that adulterer or that, what do you call that, homosexual, you got to save you. Hello, somebody. You got to save you. They got one too, but they haven't acknowledged it. God not looking for sinless, because you can't. He's looking for blameless. The only way you can walk blameless is you walk in that right standing, that right stature to our standard that he has made unto us, and it comes through Christ. That's all you can do. And then when you sin, when you do mess up, then you can go, put this verse, uh, 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 look, look, look at it. Let's finish this. Somebody remember 1 John 1, 9. But according to his mercy, he saved us. How? How did he save us? By the washing of regeneration. The washing is a type of the water of the word. You are born of the word. Hmm? And renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's what keeps us. It's the Holy Ghost that, that, that let us know that we in right standing with God. It's the Holy Ghost that's reminding us how to speak as a right, as the righteous of God. The righteous of God, God don't have no doubt. God don't have no fear. God don't have no sickness in him. God don't have no poverty in him. So when you get when you start partaking of that right standing, then you don't have no sickness in you. You don't have no sin in you. You don't have no poverty in you. See, some of you are still in the flesh. 
If you're born of God, your spirit don't have that either. Your flesh may still have some of those things function, but your spirit don't have that. You allowing your flesh to hold you in hostility and keeping you from walking in the truth of who you are. The renewing of the Holy Spirit is his job. To get you walking in the light of your spirit, of the new light that you have in Christ. Hmm? So what if I sin, Brother Joe? Because I will. As much as I don't want to, as much as I try not to, but you will. Because you still live in a body with flaws. It got flaws in it. Hmm? So 1 John 1, 9. This is not for your spirit. Long time ago when you used to hear the, you used to always say, you got to get your spirit cleansed. You got to get your spirit cleansed. You got to get your spirit renewed. Got to get your spirit strength. How you going to do that? How you going to do that? I couldn't answer that, Ben. Your spirit don't need to be strengthened. Why? Because it's of God. You don't have somebody else's spirit. You got the spirit of God. The creator of heaven and earth. You got that same life living inside of your spirit now. That spirit inside of you now is a conquering spirit. It's an overcoming spirit. It's a victorious spirit. But if you don't learn to allow the Holy Spirit to do what? To get you to speak for from the place of who you are, then you will always be reminded, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just a little person over here. I, you know, I can't do much. I, you know, and you start making all these yada yada excuses. Because that's how you see yourself. So no more complaining about, you know, looking at the children of Israel when they say, we saw ourselves as grasshopper. Well, they saw themselves as grasshopper with you. So how do you see yourself now? When you face something that's bigger than you, when you face something that looks like not going to change, how do you see yourself? We know what the children of Israel, how they saw themselves. Oh, no, we are not well able to go up against that. There are giants in that land. It was never God's plan for them to go in there and look anyway what they know to sell. Why? Because he knew once you go in there and see what you're not supposed to see, you're going to get fear, going to strike your heart. And before you know it, we ain't going over there. When every place that they won, that they took, God himself was the one that was instrumental in delivering them. Now here's the point. He said, if we confess our sins, 
He is what? Faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sin. Well, guess what? You know it's got to be talking about your soul because you can't, your spirit don't have no unforgiveness in it. It doesn't have no unrighteousness in it. You receive Jesus Christ, so therefore I'm already cleansed from all unrighteousness. So where's the unrighteousness function? Through my mind, my will, and my emotion. Hmm? Or people mess up. So this, this verse of scripture is for your soul. It's valid. But when you mess up, when you say, Lord, forgive me, what you're doing, you're getting your, the Holy Spirit, the washing, remember first in, in Titus 3, 5, through the, by the washing of regeneration, through the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that brought you to a place to do what? Why? He's convicting you of, not of your wrong, but he's convicting you of your righteousness with God. And what your, your right standing with God or who you are does not equate where you are right now. So the Holy Spirit brings you to a place that you say, you know what? I'm not, I, I'm not messing with that no more. I'm done with that. But it doesn't make you any more righteous because you say, I'm not going to mess with that because whatever you're doing does not have an effect on your right standing with God. How I many did I lose anybody? Because what I just said, that's big. Because everyone thinking that I have to do something to make sure I'm right with God. It just set you free. Oh, I'm sure it's glad because I went out last night and ate dinner and ate up my tithes, Pastor. <laughs> you couldn't make me say that in church. You wouldn't say I ate up my you just want you to show up. Because as the scripture said, if you if you didn't pay your tithe, now you got to bring 15%. You got to add another 5% onto that before you can get right with God. See how we bring something under the law and make it and put it for us today and now you're walking around with a guilt, a false guilt. You're walking around with a false condemnation spirit on you because that's what you've been taught. You are not righteous because you bring your tithes. Though righteous people bring their tithes. But righteous people don't give tithe to get right. Righteous people don't give tithe to be okay with God. You are okay with God whether you give nothing, whether you give or not. You still are okay with God. It's not your performance, saints. Then somebody may say, well, I'm just going to stop giving. We're just not going to. What if we don't give? We just don't have to give. No, you don't have to. You get the opportunity. 
to give into something that gave you life. God gave you life. That's why you give. Why? Because he's going to take the money and he's pouring it back into you. How you think you're sitting in this building? Whatever means we have to, as an outreach, how you think it's happening? Money. It takes money to do it. Right? It took money for you to, you know, to buy your gas, to get, it, to get over here. What am I saying? I'm saying this to you. None of these things make us right, and none of these things put us in place that we're okay with God. You are already okay with God because you receive the Savior. If you don't get nothing else out of this, you say, you just make sure I'm okay with God because I receive the Savior. Plain and simple. Now the Holy Spirit will begin to express to you how to live what the Savior has made unto you. That's why we have church. That's why we're here this morning. Okay? But this is for your soul. Soul salvation is different. Soul salvation, you're always being saved. Changes always take place. Put this up, James chapter 1, 20 or 21. And then go to 1 Peter uh, 1, 18 through 23. James chapter uh, Okay, go back to verse 19, I think it is. Wherefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, keep going. For the wrath of man worketh not what? The righteousness of God. Watch this. Wherefore, lay apart all what? Look what it's telling you. That means because of the salvation that I have in my born-again spirit, it said, wherefore lay apart all filthiness. Well, if I'm born again, where is the filthiness? That's right. The filth is still in your soul because you still think crazy. Right? Sometimes we still do crazy things, right? Sometimes we say this thing that's crazy, Right? And then what we do when we, after we didn't cool down? Man, I messed up. Boy, especially when you got to go to your wife. Oh, Jesus. You got to stretch your head. You got to itch it. You got to itch up to her. Try to figure out how you're going to say it. Is that right? And then you have to say, baby. Trying to be a little express. Baby, forgive me. It's, it's so hard to get that out. <laughs> right? That's where it is. It's in the soul. Because see, the soul don't have that kind of knowledge. It's got to be taught. The soul has a knowledge of good and evil. It knows how to be evil. It knows how to justify 
Well, I only said that because you said this. You know, you, baby, you know how we are. If you would have never said that, I'd have never said that. You, you, you understand. We got to understand. See, that's justification. That ain't going to work. Especially not with no black woman. That ain't going to work, Jack. You, you out of you here. You out of here. He said, black woman ain't gonna work with no woman. White woman. <laughs> Is that right? No, no, so understand what I'm saying here. So it's not in your spirit, it's in the soul. So that's why he said, wherefore lay apart. Because if you're telling me to lay apart, they're telling me I still got something functioning here that should not be. Hmm? So don't make it look like something wrong with you. You're just actually going through a spiritual cleansing. And that cleansing is not something you do one time. Right? You may have been right today. You remember Peter? Jesus said, who do you say, who do men say that I am? Peter said, you know, they went on saying one of the prophets died. But who do you say I am? Peter had a revelation. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. What Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. See, that's what flesh is. He knew that revelation had to come from God. And then a couple of verses down the road, same chapter. Jesus begun to express to them what type of death he must die. And Peter did this. Come here, come, come here, come, come, come here, Bobby. Come here. Oh, glory. See, this, you know, and, and, uh, I ain't going to use JW. You know, yeah, come here. Come on, J.W. Come up here. Come on up here. Watch yourself then. All right. Now, this, okay. This is Peter. J.W. Peter. This is Jesus. All right. <laughs> it's just an illustration. Okay, this is Jesus. And this is Peter, all right, for conversation's sake. So the key that we're doing here, what we're trying to illustrate, Peter just got a revelation when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, what you say? He is what? The son of the living God, right? And what Jesus said, flesh and blood, didn't reveal this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. Now, Jesus, no, Jesus is speaking. Oh, which one is Jesus? Okay, Jesus is speaking, okay, about what type of death he must die. Peter, on the other hand, is saying, not so, Lord. Now, now Peter, you grab. Jesus by the arm and take him to the side like you want to talk to him slow. You know, there you go. This is what he did, see? 
He took Jesus by the hand. Why? Because he had this revelation that the Father gave to him who Jesus was. Now, Peter is saying, no, you're not going to die that kind of death. But Jesus rose up and said, Satan, get thee behind me, for thou savest not the things of God, but of man. You follow what I'm saying? What I'm trying to show you that it was okay because he had a revelation of Jesus. He thought, now I could be the sportsman when Jesus said, this is a type of death that I will die for the world. He was not in revelation now. He was in the flesh. Why? Because Jesus knew his mission. What if Jesus would have failed say, well, you might be right, Peter. I think I'm going to change my mind. See, God already put in Jesus what his mission was. So God, so Jesus had to speak up. And not let that false humility get on him. Because now he know this is not a revelation from God. This is your flesh. This is the works of the devil. And so Jesus had to straighten Peter out. Amen. He said, that's right. <laughs> give, give both Peter and Jesus a good hand clap. Amen. <laughs> I tell you what, boy, we got some characters in this church, yeah. But didn't they do good? So what I'm trying to show you is that these things can happen unless you understand what God has put in you. Someone can talk it out if you are not fully persuaded. And that's why he said, wherefore lay apart all filterness superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness what? The engrafted word which is able to do what? Save your soul. So the first John 1 John 1.9 is for the soul's salvation. Why? Because it always needs to be cleansed just like your natural body. Huh? I mean, you know, my head, it has to always be shaved. I never like little fuzz. I see fuzz, I shave. So to keep fuzz, I shave every day. Shave my head every day. Some people can't do that. But what I'm saying, you got to cleanse, I got to cleanse this head or cleanse this body every day. Whether you be a bath or a shower, right? Whichever way you, whichever way you prefer. Why? If you don't bathe every day or shower or whatever it is you do, what you think going to happen? Yeah. And you're the last one to smell yourself because everybody else is smelling you. The sign is that everybody's sitting far away from you. They're letting you know. And then when you smell yourself, boy, you know the funk and stunk, huh? It's bad. Well, I'm trying to tell you that's how your soul is. That thing stinks. You don't cleanse it. 
I mean, the cussing will come back. The yakka, the yak, yak, whatever, whack, whack will come back. Why? Because it's not being cleansed. I mean, we're making comical, we're being comical about it, but I'm just trying to show you that's why we're here at church because the soul has to be saved all the time. It's called soul salvation. Because our mind don't have the knowledge of God in it. It has to be taught. Wisdom has to enter in before knowledge can be acquired, before knowledge, revelation knowledge can be there and have the same likeness that's in my spirit that now I know how to live out life in this realm as I know how to live out life in my spirit. Why? Because the both you got revelation knowledge from your spirit working in your soul. That's why you're being fruitful. That's why you're being successful because of revelation knowledge. It's still not you, but you made a decision to, to be a student, a disciple of the word. And as long as you become a disciple and stay that way of the word, then guess what? You'll be fruitful. You'll multiply. You'll succeed. Why? Because that life in you, the blessing, Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessing of the Lord, it make rich. It isn't make you rich. It said the blessing, the thing that he called you, the thing that he empowered you. It make rich. So you can't stay broke. You can't stay, you can't stay sick. You can't stay diseased. You can't stay whatever uh, 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 addiction you may be upon. You can't stay that way. The blessing of the Lord. It make rich. Didn't say make you, it said it make rich. The blessing. Not the car. Not the house. Huh? Not your education. Not the color of your skin. Right? The blessing. The blessing is the empowerment. Hmm? The thing you were created for, the thing that you were purposed for in life. It make rich. Now with the nature of God, which is that righteousness, that nature in you will get a hold to that purpose and boom, that thing will just take off. Acceleration. After acceleration. After acceleration. Because it make rich and it adds no sorrow with it. You don't ever have to be afraid, you know, we have to budget the money. We got to budget this. We got to budget that. I'm so tired of them doggone budgets. I'm ready to break out. Amen? So I'm working on what? The blessing. What I'm called to. The blessing. Everybody said the blessing. Yes. No, say it like you mean. The blessing. It make rich. And add no sorrow. With it. Hallelujah. Ooh, boy, that had a nice ring right there to it. Ooh, I felt that thing still got a wave, a ripple effect going through here. That's the Holy Ghost. 
My goodness. That's the Holy Ghost. He's testifying. He made you rich. It's already in you. He's made you rich. Glory to God. Absolutely. That's what the blessing is. The blessing is the empowerment of the thing purpose for your life. The blessing. Glory to God. Say it again. The blessing. The blessing. <laughs> Boy, I wish you could just. I, I could kiss you for pocket. Ain't they? Oh, the blessing. The blessing. See? I mean, right there while you sit there, it's making you rich. Glory to God. What is it doing? It's giving you wisdom. Hmm? Look at this verse of scripture. We're going to close with this. I didn't get to where I wanted to go, but I, I think I just done what I was supposed to do, I guess. Ephesians 1. Write down 1 Peter 1, 18 through 23. Y'all look at that later. But look at Ephesians 1. I'm going to close with this. And look at verse 17. And look at these verses of Scripture. That the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, listen at them words. The Father of glory. You remember the scripture we read in, in Romans 3 where it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know why that scripture is there? Part of Paul's conclusion about all have, have sinned, that means all have fallen short of God's perfection, of God's glory. All have fallen short. Why? Because we were all in the first Adam. Are you following what I'm saying? And so when you said, for all have sinned and come short, that means you come short of the perfection of thinking like God. The glory is manifested perfection. Let me say it again. The glory is manifested perfection. I'll say that to you again. The glory means manifested. Manifest what? It means to be seen. It is an evidence. It is a present. It's not in the now and now. It's, it's, I mean, in the by and by. It's in the now and now. The glory is manifested perfection. That means God wants to manifest his perfection through you and I. That's why your body, that's why you have a, a body on the earth. God not looking for it to be perfect. He's looking for it to do what? To be blameless. He's looking for it to be blameless. He's looking for you to let him use your body as an instrument.
to broadcast his glory. Hmm? We use direct TV satellite to do what? Get a signal from southwest, wherever that thing is pointing, to do what? To give us a signal to transmit, <coughs> excuse me, to transmit those channels that we enjoy watching, whatever your provider is. Without a transmitter, you can't receive signal. Whether you have Cox, LUS, and whoever else is out there, you have to have a transmitter. That's what it's doing. It's transmitting what's already there. That's what you and I are doing. We are transmitting what already is ours, already in us. You're not trying to get something. You're giving something that's already there. You're learning how to use it. And God used this body to express to the world that he's alive. You got to use you and I. You don't have no other people. You don't have no one else. I don't care what your status is right now. God don't have nobody else. Why? Listen to this statement. If I don't get no father, I want, we're right here, but if I don't get no father. God did not do for you and I Because he need you and I to be perfect at what we do or what he called us to. You can never be perfect. You can mature through the knowledge of him, but you're still going to be incomplete. But what makes you complete? You're in Christ. So God not working through us because of us, because, you know, oh, we eat right. Oh, we work out. Oh, we don't eat pork. Huh? You know, at one time, there was a big, great big issue over there. If you ate pork, you know, you're unclean. So all that poke y'all got in y'all in y'all freezer, bring bring me that poke. <laughs> See, people don't believe that because they ain't gonna bring me that poke. They ain't gonna bring me their poke chop. They ain't gonna bring me their ribs. Huh? Almost bought me a poke roast the other day. I asked my wife, said, you know how to cook that? Oh, y'all understand what I'm saying? No. God, the covenant, is not with you and I. The reason why God, Brother Joe, worked through Abraham, through all of his follies, as I said last week of Wednesday night, Abraham and Sarah could not belong to any church here. And for God, no, they would not be in that platform talking about thus says the Lord. 
Because religious-minded people will criticize and keep them out. Like the religious leader of the day of Jesus. Jesus said, y'all look good on the outside, boys. But you are, you are dead men. You got dead men bones on the inside. You stink. Yeah. We won't point fingers at this person, that person, thinking that, man, again, you, you, you besides yourself. Because what is God trying to reveal? Like he did with Abraham. This is the reason why Abraham is the father of our faith. God did not cut covenant with Abraham. God made covenant with himself. But he needed a body. You understand what I'm saying? He needed Abraham to get those, those animals and what not to divide them the way he did. Why? Because there were always sacrifice that was made. But notice this. The sacrifices that were made under the old covenant, these blood covenants, both men walked through them. Both men had an agreement. God didn't make an agreement with Abraham. God made an agreement with himself. God put Abraham to sleep. God passed through that blood himself. Abraham would have never been able to do that. So because God made covenant with himself, but Abraham put himself to believe the word of the law, then God knew that I got something to work with. So what God did, that's what it took so long. 27 years, God worked through Abraham because why? The key to, to the, the faith of Abraham was if God was going to redeem us from our sin, he had to gain legal entrance into the earth. So he had to come through somebody. He couldn't just bulldoze his way in. I'm God. I can do what I want. He could. But guess what? The reason why he couldn't, because everything that he did, Bren, was hinged on his word. Psalm 138.2 said, God did what? He placed his word above his name. 1 Peter one twenty four said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. So he couldn't come in and, and bulldoze everything because guess what? All creation was hinged on his word. So all creation will have fallen apart. So God knew that Adam was going to miss it. And God knew that he would have a man, a bloodline that he'll be able to go through to establish, to reestablish a remnant like we are today that will believe him. The reason why Abraham is the father of our faith, because he came to the place to put his trust, him and Sarah, to put total trust that if this baby going to come, it's going to be all God. 
And that's why it was a biological miracle. God had to touch each one for them to come together by faith. I can't finish this. I'm going to have to stop. But let me just read you the scriptures, and I want you to study this. Let's just do this in the NLT. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you what? See what it says? Spiritual wisdom. That's what you, your soul have to have. And then we won't make the same dumb mistakes over and over. The reason why we keep making the same dumb mistake because we have no spiritual wisdom on it. That he give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow where? Ooh, in your knowledge of him. Because when you have knowledge, you won't repeat. You won't be a repeater. You won't be, uh, what do you call that? A repeated offense. You won't repeat the same offense. You won't repeat it. Why? Because knowledge now, a new knowledge has come in and taken place. Next verse. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's you and I. I can't expound on this a lot, but I just want you to know that your heart will be flooded with light. He's talking about your soul. It is also translated your heart. It's also translated your mind. It's also translated your conscience. Next verse. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power. Now watch this. Keep going. That raised Christ from the dead. That same mighty power that raised him from the dead is what you got living on the inside of you right now. And seat him at a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly place. That's where you and I are seated right now in the spirit. Your spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. I didn't say your body. Your spirit. Oh, man, I tell you what, that should make some hair grow on your head or do something. Boy, I tell you what. I'm trying to check and see. There it is. Next verse. Now he is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else. He's what? He's now far above. If he's far above, then who else? We are. You got to see yourself like that. Stop seeing yourself in the flesh. When you look in the flesh, you can say, oh, yeah. I'm like, God, Jesus. No, that's not the part of you. It's your spirit. 
Now he is far above any ruler, authority, power, leader, anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Next verse. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. For the benefit where? All things have been placed in the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. Where is the church? In the earth. That's why you and I could never be taken out. You and I should never be ruled over. You and I should never be cowards or coward out. Why? Because God put all things under the authority of Christ and had made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. So whatever you hear on the earth, whatever sickness, whatever crisis, that don't bother me not one bit because it can't touch me. And it can't touch you. Hmm? Folks still running around here with them little plastic, with them little, them little paper napkins around their nose, like that thing, like it's helping. And they killing themselves with their own carbon monoxide. They're weakening their own immune system. Making themselves subject to whatever that comes along. God made your immune system to be strong enough to fight off any infirmity. I'm not trying to come against nobody. I'm just telling you the truth. The store wouldn't let me and my wife in because we wouldn't wear no mask. I said, well, I'm not coming in. I don't need your little old mask. No. And then they all call it, it was all hogwash. It was all about control. But I see something rise up on the inside. That righteous ending, it rise up on the inside of me. Oh, you ask me, well, no, I ain't wearing no mask. I don't need to come in your store. Well, that's the hour. I don't care what your policy is. It's wrong. I know y'all not, y'all, y'all, don't y'all do that. Y'all good people. And verse 23, and the church is his body. It is, it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. All I'm simply saying, you will never see the power of God work on your behalf until you open yourself, until you allow him to be free in you. Amen. I ain't wearing no mask. Ain't nobody going to make me wear no mask. I don't care what they say. When the government ever care about your health? If they care so much about my health, take all that sugar off the, off the, off the shelf. Look at that. I ain't get one amen. Pastor, you ain't preaching now. You meddling now. You mess with my sugar. Pecan candy time right now. All these sweet potato pie. Good old shot. I'm done. Y'all. <laughs> oh, glory.